This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. We're pitting right here. If you have a hard time seeing the sign, we'll put Hogue on the wall. There's no way you'll miss it. <laughs> it would be brighter, for sure. I'm afraid it'd be like following the pace car. It'd be so bright to give you a headache, though. <laughs> it wasn't that bright. <laughs> this is the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. I'm Mike Davis. He's Mike Hogue, the man with the bright shirt. She's Amanda Troutman. Our boy Taylor Zarzer is traveling this morning, so the professionalism meter totally just took a nosedive. Yeah. Can you already tell? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're coming to you from the Dirty Mo Radio Studios on a Tuesday morning. Joe Slingerland, the 88 team's rear tire changer, will be joining us here in a few minutes. I'm excited about that. Before we get started, we must tell you something that will dang sure make your life happy, Hogue. Our friends at Spy are offering you, Dirty Mo' Radio listener, 20% off your purchase of any Dale Jr. Signature 88 Collection sunglasses. Just go to spyoptic.com, find your favorite pair of 88 Collection sunglasses, and enter the code, Amanda. Dale, yeah. Dale, it's yeah. not actually Amanda Dale, yeah, right? I need to make sure that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dale, Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah is the checkout code. Uh, that'll get you 20% off. And I'm telling you something. This discount code shook the world so much that it's now trackside at the Junior Nation Souvenir Trailer and right here in the Junior Motorsports Retail Shop. All right, Hogue, your yeah. shirt. The shirt I, was... To, uh, hold on. Tell me something. Explain to me something. How is it that on a race that is as pivotal as this one, and if you didn't know already, dear listener, the 88 team struggled mightily in practice on Friday. They struggled in qualifying. I think qualified 27th. They threw out the notes Friday night, came up with a whole new game plan on Saturday, and yet, despite all that, how is it, Mike Hogue, that the very first thing on Steve LaTarte's mind, and Dale Jr.'s for that matter, as they fire up the engines, is your shirt? I have no idea. I didn't think it was that bad, but everybody I talked to, I could not have a conversation without, dude, what's, what's wrong with your shirt? Why is it so bright that people wearing sunglasses to, to talk to me, but... I if don't know I why re- that was the first thing he chose to talk about. If I recall, this is that same shirt you wore at Fan Day. Yes. And it was an issue then. Yeah. So check out the Hogamania 360 from a few weeks ago, and you'll see the bright orange shirt, right? Yeah. Or, from now on, because I caught so much, you know, not, not crap from it, but that's going to be my Sunday shirt. That's it ought to be. I agree with that. That's going to be know, the Sunday shirt. If, if, if it's that big a deal, then people need to see it every time yeah. you race. Oh, yeah. We have people tweeting. That from being said, I'm telling you that <laughs> that shirt would lead a lost boat to shore. I'm telling you, <laughs> it is bright, and it I love bright. the fans that tweeted me pictures both from the pits and the grandstands during the race. <laughs> you could see that there was the one grandstand fan. one was awesome. It was great. It was like, and it wasn't even like near the front or you know it wasn't near the front rows of the grandstand. It was like halfway up of Kentucky's grandstand. Their picture, the, the pictures of the pit stall, and you can see Mike Hogue in it. <laughs> He's like the sun on pit road in this picture. As it got darker, the shirt got brighter. It was weird. <laughs> well, but you're going to see a lot more be of it. Every Sunday. I'm going to actually have to get another one, too, just in case that one. You ought to, you ought to get a box full of them. Orange shirts. That's your new thing. Oh, oh, that's the plan. Short arms, orange shirts. Come that's on. your identity. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> it was an incredible run, honestly, by the 88 team. And, uh, you know, I think Dale Jr. said it. He said it last week when he finished third at Sonoma. He said it again after finishing fifth. These finishes all have their own sort of coolness about them, and this one is the fact that they were basically on an island on Friday. If you saw Dale Jr.'s Twitter, you did not see a whole lot of optimism in it. If you were reading through between those lines, he was like, well, we are struggling. We don't know. You know, we're going to figure something out. I got faith in Stevie, but they didn't seem all that confident going into the race. Yeah, I think Stevie even tweeted, he said that night, this is one of those races where you just hit control, alt, delete, and start over. 
That was a great tweet. That, that yeah. honestly is the feeling that they had. They had yep. to actually start all over. Despite the entire, you know, the weeks and months of preparation, they they actually started over the night before or the night of, or the you know, the morning of the race and came up with a game plan that I thought was very good. The, the car was obviously much better. Strategy, again, I know we sound like a broken record when it comes to Steve Letarte and strategy, but the fact of the matter is he, again, caught a great race. They took a two-tire pit stop at the beginning to get from 19th to 10th, and I don't recall Dell Jr. really leaving the top 10 for the rest of the day. I don't, he didn't. Once he hit that top 10, a few more laps went by, and I don't think he left around the sixth place for the rest of the race, right, honestly. Right, right. I think a couple other things other than strategy helped the 88 team, and that was phenomenal pit stops. Incredible pit stops yet again by this team. I can't wait to bring in Joe Slingerland and talk about that because those guys were on their game. Every time Dale Jr. came in for a four-tire pit stop, he came out ahead of where he came in. So, uh Great pit stops, and then a little bit of luck there on the last pit stop when they had a green flag stop. They came in at lap 213, and then a caution came out. We're going to listen to that radio chatter right now. Where's the leader? Right here. Stop right here. Start with right. Where's the leader, TJ? Out of the back stretch. Still timing. Slow it down. Where's he at? we got to beat him to start finish. Put the left on it, right? Yeah, he's coasting in three and four. Coasting in three and four. Come on. Coasting in three and four. Plenty of time. A lot going on in that uh, radio transmission there. TJ basically is telling them where the leader is. They're on pit road already. They'd already started a pit stop. They needed to beat the leader out or they were going to lose a lap. And, Hogue, where were you guys on pit road? Right, they needed to beat him to the start-finish line. We were about... You're just a few stalls down from where that start-finish line crosses. So they're not trying to beat them to the end of pit road, just to where the start-finish line is. So really, they were pretty close. So you guys were two spots ahead? Yeah, it was two or three. Okay. Um, it was right there. Gotcha. It wasn't far. And so they were able to complete the pit stop. Why this matters is because I think it was Dale Jr., Kyle Busch, and Ryan Newman were all yep. on pit road when this thing happened, when this caution came out. They go out, they complete their pit stops. Well, then everybody else had to come in. So when it all cycled through... Dale Jr. is restarting third third at lap 219. And you know what? I'm telling you. Now, it wasn't a great restart after that. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's <laughs> just call third to eighth. No, yeah, he went from third to eighth. It wasn't a great restart. But I'm telling you, Dale Jr., came, he came back. He was in seventh at lap 228. Uh, climbed to sixth when the 22 lost a cylinder. That was a big deal. The 22 was super fast. And then passed Kevin Harvick uh, with four laps to go to finish fifth. Uh, just an incredible run. Let's hear from Dale Jr. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Junior, just sort of taking it easy on Sunday after the race. Real happy with the result this weekend. Started off pretty rough. We didn't really have a good car in practice and uh, struggled with a lot of balance issues. Track was very rough for us. I think the way we had the car set up uh, was, was making that even worse. Steve and the guys worked real hard in practice trying to improve things. We really, really um, kind of... Ran some decent laps here and there in race trim, but nothing that, that stood out. So went into qualifying trim and nosedived on speed. Just terrible uh, how the car drove and how the speed was. And that made us concerned more about our race trim package. I think we got, got pretty worried about it. Qualified badly and wasn't too upset about that, but, you know, talked to Steve after the nationwide race. They said they, you know, were looking at a lot of things that made some sense, 
had some ideas. They got up the next day, got in the hauler. Him and the engineers went over all the information they had and put a plan together, made a lot of changes on the car, really, really pretty much changed everything we had. Went a whole new direction on the setup. And uh, it seemed to really pay off. I could tell right away the car, the ride quality in the car as far as going over the bumps, even down the front straightaway, was a hundred times better. We had we had better speed. I, I I didn't notice it immediately in the car, but uh, we seemed to uh, to have pretty good speed once we got that track position against the guys that were up there running up front. We I could tell we had, you know, if I could put a great lap together, we could we could run with them. So that was basically the whole night. We sit there and ran lap after lap, trying not to screw up with the bumps uh through the corners it makes it a it's it's a it's a tough challenge trying to put a good lap together trying to get the car where you want it to be uh there was a lot of seepage and uh some weepers uh water running down the racetrack throughout the whole race kind of trying to dodge those and get around those mainly in three and four was a was a bit of a challenge too i couldn't really get my car to work the high groove i'd like to have ran up there i thought kyle did a good job of that in the 18, um, but I couldn't really figure out how to get my car to work up there. We ran the bottom or a lane or two off the bottom in three and four. Turns one and two was pretty pretty much the same for everybody. It looked like everybody would needed to get the left front down on that bottom groove, get the car turning. But uh, we moved around in three and four all night trying to find some speed, and the car seemed to like different lines depending on the set of tires that was on the car. So. That's all we did all night was move around searching and never found nothing that lasted and never found, you know, never got into a groove to where I felt like I was very confident. Uh, so still, I'm still sort of searching what I, what I need and what I think the car needs at Kentucky. Um, what I take away from this event is that the guys, the team is good enough to sort of make up for that. When I, when I can't help them, when I can't give them the feedback that I need to give them, on Friday or even during the race, uh, the team and the cars are good enough that we can we can sort of get through the weekend with a decent result, and uh, you know we'll go back next year and try again. So, kind of fortunate uh, to finish as well as we did. Certainly after how things started in the weekend, uh, I think it uh, got to give a lot of credit to the pit crew. There was some awesome stops all night long. They gained a ton of track position for us. Steve's strategy, as far as the fuel mileage goes, was great. Also, in giving us a lot of track position, when to take two tires, when to take four. At that particular track, you could take two tires and still be relatively competitive. So, I thought that worked out for us pretty good. So, real happy and uh, glad to get out of there with the result that we did. Going on to Daytona this weekend. Should be a fun weekend. Uh, this is a mid midsummer stretch. A lot of good racetracks coming up. So, hopefully we can keep, keep on digging. We need to get some more wins. Going to Victor Lane is fun. I'm ready to do it again. So we'll see you guys at Daytona. Hogue, last week he finishes third on a road course. This week I'm calling it he finishes fifth on an obstacle course. Okay. Because the way the bumps were, they were violent looking. I mean, from my angle, I can't imagine being in the car, but it, the way that car slaps the ground right yeah. across the front stretch. It, just to see it. Then I they all said afterwards, I think him and David Reagan were going back and forth on Twitter talking about how they, they compared it. Their body felt like they'd been in a 12-round fight of how just brutal it was. Well, how about Blaney? I mean, you come out with yeah. a bloody nose. That, that's not a bad analogy, to be honest with you, because Blaney says he has a bloody nose earlier in the week uh, practicing his car because of the bumps. 
Maybe it is more like a fight. Well, Kip told me, and I don't know if this is true or not because I'm not out there driving on that track, but I guess they had a dip in that front stretch and they paved it in. And instead of it turning into just one dip, it basically created a hump. So you're hitting two dips out there now on that front stretch. So it's kind of wha-bam, wha-bam. Wow. And so it's actually worse than, I think, what they initially tried to fix. That's interesting because through the entire weekend of talking about the bumps, I never heard anybody actually explain why they're there. Yeah, it, I didn't either. Like I said, that's what Kip said. I don't, well, I'm going you know, with I'm it. not the driver out there. I don't. We'd have to confirm that with So Dale. you think they fix it? Or what do you think Kentucky does? I don't know. Did they, did they talk about that no, the, during no. the weekend? I mean, I know Dale Jr. said during the race, I'm not coming back here. Today. <laughs> and he was joking, guys. Yeah, was he sarcasm. was joking. It was sarcasm. He'll go back. Let's talk about that audio. Was he like on the nature trail at Dirty Mo Acres? <laughs> <laughs> He's like Jack Hanna these like days. The, There's the always birds everywhere. Like him and Amy. I, I picture him and Amy just walking through the woods and he just. Right. <laughs> The whole time there's birds chirping. I'm telling you, man, we it, it needs to be a new drinking game on like what <laughs> kind of animals that we can hear and we can do some predictions. Oh. Like he he could be sitting there talking about his top five and you hear ah ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, all right. You see, we're already going yep. off the rails here. I'm going to get it back on Amanda. Um, Joe Slingerland, he uh, was gracious enough to stop by. Uh, I I have been wanting to talk to a pit crew member. Um, for a long time on this podcast because these guys have been clicking them off this year. So, uh, Joe Slingerland, come on in. Uh, let's let's talk to you a little bit. You know, guys, it actually had dawned on me that for as long as we've been doing Dirty Mo Radio, we've not actually had a member of Dale Jr.'s pit crew on the podcast. Now, we've had members of the team. We've had Rob Lopes. Uh, we've had Latard, obviously, many times, Dale Jr. many times, but not the actual over-the-wall guys and there's, those are the guys that are getting it done. And I'm telling you, especially this year, this 88 pit crew has been phenomenal. So I am absolutely stoked that we have Joe Slingerland in the studio with us today. Uh, Joe is the uh, rear tire care, uh, I'm sorry, rear tire changer on the 88 pit crew. And I'm telling you guys, they were killing it this past weekend. I mean, I, I don't remember a pit stop where Junior came in and then lost positions. I think he gained positions. Every pit stop that he made, I was looking through my notes here, especially you look at the first pit stop, uh, came, it was a two-tire stop, come in 19th, out 10th. The next two pit stops were four-tire stops, and you gain positions every time uh, on pit road. So, Joe, welcome to Dirty Mo Radio Studio. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you for being here. And then tell us about this race. I mean, you guys were on it. It, you just, it was incredible. Yeah, it's good to have races like that, um, to be able to go out there and instead of just maintain, um, we knew the car would have been, was so-so at the start of the race. And um, to be able to help him get positions because passing cars at the track is hard, it's a little easier, you know, when they come in for a pit stop. So it was it was great to be a part of the race and contribute to his fifth-place finish. I mean, you come in on race day, is that right? Yep. Okay, so you come in on race day. Clearly, you know where we've qualified. Yep. And you know that I guess the car wasn't the best it's ever been, uh, you know, throughout the weekend. So there was a lot of changing that happened overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, in. so you guys know this, is this right? I mean, do you yeah, yeah, okay. we, yeah, we know everything. So, and so, so uh, you know, I know you're not making the adjustments on the car, you know, during all that time, but you know what, you know that you're going to have your hands full, and so you guys are going to have to be on top of your game. Yep. Uh, there, there is no room for error, basically. No. And then you, here it is, you guys deliver. I mean, is yeah. this one of the best? I, I don't know. You guys have been delivering all year, but I'm saying this was a – I don't remember any mistakes. Was there mistakes? Um, actually, there was. We had a two-tire stop where um, the jack man pulled a tire, and the tire actually got caught in the fender well. Wow, okay. And, um, and then he, he pulled a tire – finally got the tire out, and when he got the tire out, 
it fumbled going down pit road. So he was late getting back to the jack. And when he did, he used me as a, a post to get back to the jack and shoved me in the back. Um, but luckily, we didn't lose any positions. We came in sixth and went out sixth. So. This must have been on lap 155. So this yep. is getting later in the race. Uh, yep. You take that two-tire stop, you come in. As, so without that, you're gaining positions then too. Yeah. That's, that's You actually maintain that time. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So. Interesting. Uh, I want to talk to you another the, the next stop. Mm-hmm. which was, wow, I mean, how wacky was this? You guys make a green flag pit stop, four tires, yep, and then the caution comes out. Yep. Now, if you're me and a lot of people at home, because I saw this on Twitter, nobody knew if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Typically, you assume the worst and say, oh, gosh, now we're going to be a lap down. Yeah. As it turns out, we come out third yep. uh, when it all cycles around. Now, now, when this was all happening, did you hear in your headset that the caution's out while you guys are actually during, in the middle of the pit stop? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we we can hear all the communication between TJ and Stevie, and um, and he was asking where the pace car was, because if the pace car was right behind us, we would have just went down pit road and then got back out on the track and stayed on the lead lap. But where the pace car was still on the back stretch, we had time to get the stop done. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and how fortunate. Hey, you know what? It's we don't apologize for getting breaks like that, right? No, never. Never. You, I, it, it every time you need a break at some point during That's the race, right. and everybody gets them. So. No disrespect to all the guys over the years that have pitted Dale Jr.'s car, but I can't think of a pit crew for the entire year that's been better than this one. How long have you been pitting Dale's car? This will be the fourth year. Okay, so this is the fourth year. So you've been on pit crews, but I I can't think, and maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, has there been a better crew than this one as far as a consistent basis of uh, of, uh, turning out good stops? As far as I know, not really. I mean, I don't want to, you know, boast myself or anything. But – I don't, I mean, as far as hearing a lot of his comments throughout the years of, you know, being in the scene and everything, you know, you hear all the stuff, the rumors right. and what he says about, you know, people. Um, and I want to say, and I believe that this is probably one of the best pit crews he's had. It, it's got to be. I can't think of another one. I mean, I think about when Junior's had those really good years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not remembering a consistent basis of where you see all these stops where he comes in and then goes out ahead of where he came in. Yeah. Uh, and how do you guys measure success? I mean, because obviously you're going to go back to the, you know, go back to the shop and you guys go and look at tape and everything. I mean, yeah. where, where, how do you guys measure the success for a, a good race? Um, not losing any spots on pit road. Okay. Um, Simple as so that. So yeah, ma- maintaining all day is we're happy with that, and that's and that's our goal is to maintain. We don't want to take him out of the position he's put himself in. Right. So right. Yeah, just maintaining is, is our goal. What's it been like uh, working for Junior? If this is your fourth year uh, and having Junior as your driver, um, uh, it, how, how, how would you characterize that? Um, at first, when I first found out that I would be changing tires for him, was a little skeptical. But um, it's actually turned out to be great. He's, I mean, he's a really great guy. I mean, you know, he he's talks to everybody. You know, he knows who you are and everything like that. Where a lot of drivers just, this is my pit crew, and they're really he doesn't know who you are. I think it's actually been pretty fun. Where did you come from? Um, I was changing tires for Jeff the first year I, okay. I went to Hendricks. So okay. I was with that move when Junior came over and Latart and all that stuff. So Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, that, how long had you been changing tires for Jeff? Just That was my first year with that Jeff. That was your first yep. year? Yeah. Okay. Any, anytime there's change, I, I guess that, that could be met with skepticism. Is that fair to say? Anytime for pit crew members? I mean, yeah. you, know, um, you don't and, know what you're going to have. And especially – the performance he was coming off of. I mean, he really wasn't right. doing too stellar. That's right. You know, and they were trying to get his, you know, career back on track. And it was just always coming from Jeff. It was like, man, we got Junior now. But actually, I mean, it's it's, it's been pretty fun. I, I, I've enjoyed it. I mean, you think about the overall change, wholesale change. I can't – it seems like it worked out for everybody. Yeah. Jeff, yep. Junior, 
Oh, yeah. Both crew chiefs. Yep. All the crews. I mean, I think it's it's clicking, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you this. I want to get your opinion on something. Latart said something uh, to me. It may have even been on this podcast a while back. And I think this was coming off the Charlotte race where, you know, you had you're running top five mm-hmm. and then there's the engine vibration that Junior's reporting. And so you're making pit yep. stops. And then there was a, you know, I don't think we put gas in a, on a pit stop where we were really looking at the motor and trying to find a vibration. So then we come back in 30 laps later, make a vibration. And I was talking to Latart about it. And he says, the one thing that I know that our team as a whole, and that includes Steve, Dale, everybody, is that we need to do better under crisis, better decisions under crisis. Because I think there was a race or two last year, you know, uh, I think when Junior accidentally hit the uh, – the, uh, not the kill switch, but it, he was thinking there was a battery. Was it at Kansas? No, it I, was uh, – yeah, we had a dead battery. A dead battery, and right. We, ha- we had a spare one in the car, and we came in and replaced it. That's, was, what, that's what it was. That's I, what it was. I was the one that replaced the battery, but, yeah, all he had to do was flick the switch to, to the second that's battery, right. and we'd that's been right. fine. And we lost some last. Yeah, yep. so, so he says if there's one area we need to get better, if we're going to win a championship, it's during crisis moments to make better decisions, and that's across the board. What is your opinion to that? I believe that. I mean, even, you know, as far as down to the picker and stuff like that, when it's when something like that catastrophic happens, you know how to deal with it, especially uh, fixing damage. Um, some of the guys that go over the wall are just pure athletes, and uh, me and the front tire changer Clay are mechanics, and we're pretty much the only two on the car that are mechanics. So we kind of know what to do. But as far as the whole of a pit crew, it's athletic based. Sure. Um, so as far as what they need to do to fix fenders and stuff like that, and not you know flip out you know just keep it right. calm go over there and do the stuff i think we could work better on that as far as fixing the car with minor damage but how do you practice crisis situations you can't it, right. it, yeah you can't it's just how you react to it when it happens and right. it's just we just and everybody needs to do a little bit better job of reacting and not be so spastic but you guys do you simulate these you know wacky changes and during a four tire stopping do you we do you do that right yep. yeah especially um like when it comes to martinsville and stuff like that short tracks where we will get fender damage, yeah. Um, the tire carrier will stay over there and simulate pulling a fender out to clearance it from the tire. All right, not including the fact that I have no athleticism in me, but why is it that me or a lot of people like me can't be on a top tier pit crew in, in you know on an elite level? Why, what is it that you guys have? And I'm thinking more so mentally than anything. I mean. Listen, I can hit a I can hit a ten foot putt occasionally. Yeah, I could never do it on a Sunday at Augusta National in front yeah. of a crowd. Exactly. There's a mental capacity here that you guys have to somehow have been able to maneuver. Maybe you're just born with it. But what is it? What What is it you guys? Why can't I be on a pit crew? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It took. I mean, it took a long time for me to get where I am today. Um, I'm probably the best I've been, and I've been doing this for 13 years. And even when I was younger, I wasn't nearly as good as I am now. Um, being a little older. But it's just, I still get the butterflies in my stomach. We come in first, and we want to get them back out first. So there's still nerves involved. I mean, I really don't know as far as, like, the average person. It just takes a lot of hard work and dedication and practice, repetition, repetition. And, you know, it, and some things, like, I can't go and be a receiver. I mean, I have some athletic ability, but I, I can't be a receiver, quarterback, or anything. So I guess, I guess it's just something that either you have or you don't have. Right, right. So, yeah, you, you, say, you say you're not one of the athletes on the team, but I'm telling you, I – I don't see anybody beating you in an arm wrestling contest right now. I mean, you. How often do you work out? Uh, three to four days a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what is the average? I don't even know how to word this. I don't want to say lifespan because I'm not talking about life. But like for an over the wall guy to in in staying at an elite level, top of the game. How long does an over the wall guy go over the wall and still stay at that level? What's the average lifespan? 
I'd say at an elite level, I mean, I'd say 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. Okay. Um, I know Clay Robinson, he's turning 41 this year. And, and, he, and he's the front guy. And he's he's the, front, the front changer. Yeah, he's the front changer. And right. he's, I mean, he's, I'd say hands down, probably one of the best front changers on pit road. There. What is he doing? I mean, how's a 41-year-old? Listen, there's a lot of people that would agree with me that Dale Jr. has the best pit crew right now out there. Mm-hmm. And you got a 41-year-old front tire changer. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Um, it's just he's been doing it for a long time, and it and it's nothing but his um his hand speed and the way he hits lug nuts. It's not how he gets up and runs around the car. It's he very rarely misses hitting lug nuts, and his hand speed is just I mean off the charts. Do you guys compare? Yeah, like? we do. And he I mean he he beats me. I mean pretty much day in day out. I mean as far as um consistency of hit number of lug nut hits. Yeah. Because um, when we get our breakdown sheet, there's how many, you know, what your hand speed was and how many lug nuts you've hit um, for each stop. And he, I mean, consist- consistently beats me. Like wow, I, that's I can't. Yeah. And I try and I give him a hard time. You know, I'm like, hey, you need to slow down so I can keep up and keep my job. You're making me look bad. Do y'all, so. do y'all joke with him about his age? Oh, yeah. We do all okay, the time. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah we, we joke <laughs> and I mean, I'm no, I'm no spring chicken myself. I'll be 36 <laughs> this year, so. But I know, but I mean, listen, I mean, yeah. for a forty-one-year-old, yeah, got, no, he's yeah, he's got half done. a day. De- he's got half a decade on you. Yeah, oh yeah. You could always word it that way. You don't even say five years. Say half a decade. You're yeah. half a decade older than I am. Yeah. Then the rest, um, it's me and him, and then the rest of the pit crew is in their twenties. Wow. Yeah. And so you and Clay is Clay the other one that's a mechanic background? Yes. Okay. So the other guys are all athletes. So yep. they would have come to Hendrick Motorsports or this pit crew specifically from a sports background, right? Yep. Yeah. They came through the developmental program. All right. Okay. Let's talk. Let's go through uh, Kevin Harris. What did he do? Um, he played football at Wake Forest. All right. That's right. Uh, Nick Covey. Nick Covey played football at Nebraska. Wow, that, that ain't no small school either. No, <laughs> uh, Vermeer, Matt Verm- Vermeer. Vermeer played at a um, at a. He was a receiver at a college in Iowa, and I can't remember the name of it. Okay, Matt Terrell. Yeah, the gas man. Yep. What did he do? Um, he played football too, and I'm not quite sure where he played at. Okay. Hey, gas man, man, those are big guys. Yeah, and believe it or not, he's probably one of the smaller gas men on pit road. He's is that right? Yeah, he's um, he's about my height, six foot tall. And I'd say he's probably, I think, 220. I mean, I'm, he's not small, but he's not your average yeah, you see some gas, gas man. man. Yeah, you got Goliaths out there. Yeah, you got some guys that are 6'8", almost 300 pounds. Wow. And it, at, considering it for a gas man, he's, he's a, on the smaller side for a gas man. But he gets the job done, so. That's interesting. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you guys have been fascinating. I mean, and you got a you got a 41-year-old on the front. You got a, you know, one of the smaller gas men on the back. Yeah. But you guys have been clicking it off. Hey, buddy. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, you I appreciate stopping it. Stopping by. Yeah. You come by any time, and you can correct all the things that we say wrong, <laughs> the things that we think we know about but we don't. we got a professional in, uh, so thank you very much, and keep up the good work. You yeah. guys are clicking them off, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, before we get into Reaction Theater, let's remind everybody about Spy's exclusive deal for Dirty Mo' Radio listeners. Go online to spyoptic.com right now and check out Dale Jr.'s signature Spy 88 collection. It includes, you ready here, Hogue? Yep. You ready? All right. The Dirty Mo' McCoy. Quanta, General, and Farah for the ladies. Enter discount code Dale Yeah. Dale Yeah. Dale Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> now I see why Taylor uh, enjoys us chiming in like that. It, it feels right. Uh, that's D A L E Y E A H at checkout and receive 20% off your purchase. And by the way, I, I always want to remember this it makes you happy. <laughs> Hogue, it makes you happy. I'm always happy. Let's not cue that song again. It makes you happier. It makes you happier. Let's go to Reaction Theater. First off, 88 team, unbelievable. Took a car that was just dog 
and ran it in the top five. Big shout-out to Stevie and the boys and Junior for running the solid race. On another note, Hogue, man, I feel bad for you. You're welcome to come down to my farm in Iowa and do some deer hunting anytime ah. you want in September, <laughs> and uh, maybe then you won't be so out of place with your orange shirt. I personally think you pulled off pretty well, buddy, but, man, you were kind of the talk of Twitter and uh, even on the broadcast tonight. So, Hogue, I'll be your friend, buddy. Just keep your head up. You got people out there that like you. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Did they talk about you on the broadcast? I, I don't TV know. TV or a, radio? I didn't hear no, him on TV. I think he's, if they're talking about you and your shirt on a, a broadcast, then, a man, we got to recheck our priorities. <laughs> Unless, well, Taylor <laughs> was on pit road for PRN. So maybe, yeah, maybe he brought it up. I don't know. That was probably it because Taylor was kind Ta- of Taylor lurking did the send, whole time. Taylor did send me the picture from pit road. That was him? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I thought it was, that was our buddy Michael Henry doing it. No, no, it was Taylor. Great job, buddy. It ate this weekend. And I just I want to compliment Mike Hogue. He's, what? He's the only one that's got the balls to wear a <laughs> bright orange T-shirt. My timeline on Twitter turned into a Where's Waldo version of Where's Hogue. But as long as everything keeps going right, you keep wearing that shirt. Hogue mania. Hell yeah. And t- well, Waldo tries to blend in with the crowd. I don't think that's what you were doing. Nope. <laughs> it's going to be every Sunday. You watch. There it's you go. From now on. Tiger Woods has his Sunday red. His Sunday red. Oak has Sunday his orange. Sunday orange. It's like a Belgian I am bobber. circling today on our calendar. That is the day that Matt Kenneth repaid us for Junior wrecking him at Sonoma. We could have won that son of a if it wasn't for that Matt the Brat Kenseth. We had a chance to go three wide on. What did he do? Oh, I'm going to pass Junior here. Great idea, Matt. Guess where that finished you? Oh, wait. I don't know. You know why? Because the best guy finished fifth. Way to go, Matt. Thanks a lot, bud. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Let me tell you, real, the, the best guy won that race. Brad That's Kizowski right. Was. Yeah. I, 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 I was. Hey, in all fairness, I've never heard the best guy finish fifth. Yeah, I mean. No, the best guy won the race, and that there was no disputing that. No, another planet. All and congratulations to him. By the way, what about him cutting his hand wide open? In oh, the we forgot to lane? talk about that. Well, let's do it now. How did he do that? <laughs> That's just, all I read was he was opening the champagne bottle. How do you do that? I don't know how you do it, but if somebody's going to do it's it, gonna it's got to be Brad. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say about that. Uh, well, anyway. that is all right. It was only four stitches. I am too, but I'm going to tell you something. That hurts. Yeah. I mean, that'll hurt for Drive a week it. at least. Yeah. Listen, I've cut my hand. Not doing that. I, you know, something, you know, manly probably. <laughs> manly like your neck injury? Hey, <laughs> easy. <laughs> easy. Should we move on to the next call? Yeah. <laughs> Before the f- race i said on twitter if dale jr didn't finish b7 i'd cut off my god pinky and send it to a third world country son that needed an extra finger well god not only do i keep my fingers we finished b5 suck it motherfuckers hell yeah <laughs> that was the more of the more angry ones i've heard from dado I think I, we, I, this came in right after the race so i think he may have enjoyed good. himself in the grandstands let so. me tell you something I had a little fun with Dado during the race. If you follow us on Twitter, then you might have seen it. But Dado, like, there's nothing he won't do. And and so during the middle of the race, it was kind of getting a little boring. I needed to be entertained a bit. And so I told Dado, he, he had tweeted a picture. I said, Dado, go do a selfie with the guy uh, behind you. This guy behind him was just some random fan that was sitting like one or two rows you know, down from him. Of course, he did it. That was easy. Then I, so then I said, all right, I'm going to take this up a level. I said, now take a picture, you wearing his shirt and, you, and, and him wearing yours. No way. So, like, it, he <laughs> needed to swap 
shirts with a complete stranger. And, of course, he did it. Are you kidding me? He did it. I, I You know, how did I miss that? That's pretty cool. It, it, He's it fun. Is priceless. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. But, uh, anyways, good good call there, Dan. <laughs> Started 29th. Really sucked. Finished fifth. Pretty good. Really happy with the way things played out. Stevie called a good race. Hey, met Mike Hogue over the weekend. Got my picture with him. He hooked me up with a junior autograph. I used him as a pick and roll through the crowd. It was pretty sweet. That bright-ass shirt he was wearing today was so orange. My freaking retinas were still burning driving down the road. Hey, y'all have a good week. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Do you remember this guy? Yeah. I, re- I eat another thing. I, you know the Dale Jr.'s beard handle? Yeah. I found him. I said hello. I gave him a Dirty Mo Radio sticker. What's he like? He's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Nice guy. Cool. For a car that was sh- in practice and qualifying, they kicked ass tonight. Way to go, Team 88, Dale Jr., Steve Letarte, TJ, and everybody. That was awesome. I'm, I would have loved to see more than just a top five, but for the car that he had to start with here, it was awesome. So way to go, guys. Keep it up. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Well said. Good call. It's always when someone's saying, I would love to see more in a top five. You're doing things right. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't tell you guys how proud I am of uh of the 8018. When I heard that uh qualified 29th yesterday, I, I couldn't believe how far off y'all were saying that, that the car was. And to bust your ass and work so hard and get up to a top five tonight, unbelievable. You know, if uh, if LeBron and his team gave that kind of effort, maybe they would have won a championship. Don't too soon? No way. Hell yeah. I've got a question. Are we so good now that even when Dale Jr. and Stevie say we're no good, we just assume that they're going to finish in the top five or top ten? I think so. I completely think so. Are we getting spoiled? Yes. Are we taking them for but granted? you know what? I think a lot of people are, th- are also thinking their minds, it's about time. I hear you, man. Reaction Theater is open 24-7. All you have to do is call toll-free 1-855-740-1902 and leave us your voicemail message. You know, there's some people, Hogue and Amanda, that actually save that number in their phone. And that's smart. That's smart. You, can, you know, it's, it's open 24-7. People call after the race, but the fact is you can call any time. Save it in your phone. <laughs> whenever, you're fi- whenever you're feeling froggy, jump. Dial that number. <laughs> it's funny because I always get the email chime because I'm on that email too when the Dirty Mo Radio voicemail comes in, and I'm like, you hear that little jingle. What the heck? It's, it you're goes f- off any It must go crazy then yeah. after a race. Yeah. Well, I don't have my laptop on. Oh, I, I thought do. you meant on no. your phone. I oh, was like, that's no. just crazy. No, be Coming up this week on Dirty Mo Radio, I want to get this out real quick because guess who Kelly has on her podcast tomorrow? Chrissy Newman, Ryan Newman's wife. So uh, check out Fast Lane Family tomorrow, Friday, JRM 360, the podcast. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about that day, but we rarely do this early in the week. So uh, you can check us out. Then on Mondays, we recap the full weekend for the Junior Motorsports Nationwide and Late Model Teams and Dell Sprint Cup Series run on the Monday recap presented by Spy, given to you by Amanda Troutman. Oh, yeah. White flag time. White flag. White flag right there. White flag. All right. You heard Dale Jr. today on this podcast. Now hear him talk to someone way more respectful than us, Eli Gold. That's right. Dale Jr. will be on Motor Racing Network's NASCAR Live with Eli Gold tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Ooh. Go to MRN.com for more info. Well, I know I've got 7 p.m. I just figured we could okay. get the start of the show. My bad. You don't need to tune in just to hear Dale Jr. You can actually listen to the entire yeah, show you're right. if you want to. They stream it. There you go. Dale Jr. will be on Motor Racing Network <laughs> live with Eli Gold tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. All go right. to MRN.com for more info. Happy. You hear that, Mike? I'm happy. That's the victory bell ringing from the 4888 shop at Hendrick Motorsports. Actually, you don't hear it. 
because their traditional ringing of the victory bell happens tomorrow, not today. Dale Jr. and the 88 team will be ringing on behalf of their Pocono victory three weeks ago. Chuckles. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Listen, if you're in the Charlotte area and want to stop by Dale Jr.'s Whiskey River in Uptown, this is a great week to do it. Whiskey River is doing a week-long promotion where all military members, past or present, can show their military ID and get 50% off their purchase of food. That's but really cool. That mm-hmm. is pretty neat. Yeah. I actually just learned something. That's awesome we're doing that. Yep. By the way, happy early July 4th, everyone. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Way too much emotion on that one. <laughs> now let's talk Daytona. Dale, let's do it. Dale Jr. has two cup practices Thursday, qualifying Friday, and the Firecracker 400 Saturday night on TNT. No pun intended there. That's pretty cool. Get it? Like Firecracker TNT. Oh, I like it. That rider is a good one. Man, he's must be. This week on Friday, Dale Jr. will be at the Chevy stage at 4.15 p.m. If you were out at the track, it's a free appearance outside in the fan area. And then we're doing another appearance on race day in the sprint fan zone at 5.05 p.m. Also, pay close attention during that time as Sprint will be announcing details of the 2014 NASCAR Most Popular Driver That's right. That's a call to arms, Junior Nation. It's that time. And we've actually seen a little sneak peek on the format. I like it. Do you? I do. Are you making the announcement on the Sprint stage over them? Oh, I don't. I think think Sprint is going to make that announcement. Yeah, Sprint will. What they're going to be doing. Format's different, but I like it. I think it eliminates the. But I'm telling you, it's on. The gauntlet has been thrown by the uh, Reddit people. Yeah, well, the Reddit people can't sabotage it with this format. I don't think they sabotaged the last one. I think they just voted. They had to vote. They looked at the rules and made it happen. They got nothing else to do, so we got to make sure we have nothing else to do. Man, when you put two guys with ADD on this trying to run it, it just goes all kinds of directions. (laughs) Junior will not be the nationwide race on Friday night, but Casey Kane, Regan Smith, and Chase Elliott will be. Junior Motorsports will be going for win number six on the season. That's huge, man. We've already got five wins. I know it. Our bonus checks better be hopping. That is all. That is it. That is it. We're done here. Boy, did we make it? Can we say that we actually made it through the entire show without Taylor's professionalism? Or, Amanda, did we not really make it? We made it, whether or not it's going to turn out pretty. Yeah. Well, (laughs) if you listen to this entire (laughs) podcast, you have no idea how much we appreciate you. Yeah. More this week than any other week. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Hope, for joining me. Amanda, as always, great work. And you've been listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. See ya! Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Well, Mike, we survived another podcast today, and I hope all you listeners out there did as well. So now, guess what? You can go online to spyoptic.com and pick out your own signature 88 collection Dale Jr. sunglasses and receive 20% off your purchase. You want to know how? How? Go online and type in discount code DALEYEAH. DALEYEAH. D-A-L-E-Y-E-A-H at checkout, and you'll get your 20% off. You're a good speller. (laughs) 